Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ podcast. I'm Doug Hunter, one of the elders. We hope that this podcast makes our sermons and Bible studies more accessible. Well, good morning. All y'all have braved the uh, coronavirus. Yep. Yep. That's what we were discussing. Yep. Well, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a panic. This panic buying doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 People are just hoarding. All right. I'm waiting for people to start boarding up their windows. It's like. Well, yeah, but it's like. Okay. Oh, they're getting water. It's like, does your water not run? Well, you got a spigot. <laughs> Just it's 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 unreasonable. Okay, we're back into Acts, Acts chapter eleven. We just finished Acts chapter ten, but I'll make some references back to it. But, oops, so how had the Spirit orchestrated God's will to bring the Gentiles into the church? First question, how long did it take? Now, if you can't figure this one out, four days. Very good, Brent. Four days, okay. Anybody remember what happened first? Cornelius got a vision. That was in Acts chapter 10, verse 3. In the ninth hour, which would be 3 p.m. our time, he had a vision. What was that vision about? Huh? Go get Peter. That's basically what it was. There's a guy, he's in Joppa, go send some men, go get him and bring him. Did he tell him what the guy was going to do? No. He didn't tell him what the guy was going to do. What's next? Huh? Well, next was the men leave Caesarea. Okay? So, how, how many men did he pick? That's in 10, that's chapter 10, verse 8. How many men did he pick to send? Close. You're going the wrong way. Three. He sent three men, okay? He sent three men from Caesarea. Where did they go? Where did they have to go? It's kind of like a final exam, isn't it? Joppa. Very good. Okay. So anything else happened on day one? Nope. Nothing of any substance. How about day two? Peter had his vision, okay? The sixth hour, he, what, what was he doing? What was Peter doing? It was at noon, and that's in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. What was he doing? Hmm? He went up to pray. He went up the roof to pray, and he had the vision. Okay, 
What was the vision? The on-key nails came down, went up, said, eat, kill, go, get up, kill, eat. And what did Peter say? No, I've never done that. Okay? I'm not going to eat lobster. I'm not going to eat shrimp. So he had his vision. What happened now? Men arrived. Okay, the men arrived at Joppa. And in verse, this is chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. And now he gets told something directly by the Spirit. Now, if you notice the colors, the red, the red, the red, that's all the Spirit. That's all the Spirit orchestrating everything that's going on. He's working in Caesarea, and he's working in Joppa. And he's working pretty hard. What... Um, what was the direction by Peter from the Spirit? Because it wasn't a vision. It was direction. Well, that was the vision. Yeah, the vision, he had the vision, and then he was told, go with them, don't ask any questions, don't have any misgivings, just go. Do not hesitate. So what did Peter do? He walked up and he said, so why are you here? Anything else happened on day two? We are dealing with Peter. So what, what, else, what else happened on day two? What did Peter do to the three men that were there? What, what did he do with them? He was staying in Joppa, right? Why did he go to Joppa? Anybody remember? To bring Tabitha back to life. Or Dorcas, depending on how you look at it. Okay. So, he's there. What did he do? What did he extend to the three men? Three Gentiles. What did he do? He said, come on inside and eat. So, here's Peter, a Jew, an apostle, eating with Gentiles. And spending the night with Gentiles in the same house of Simon the Tanner. Kind of important to remember. So anything else happened on day two? No. Day three, what happened? Did anything happen on day three? They left. Yes. Peter and Cornelius' men leave Joppa. And some people went along with Peter from Joppa. We'll find out how many this morning. That's in Acts chapter 10, verse 23. Anything else happened on day three? Now nah, they're walking 20 miles. It takes a while. Day four. Peter and Cornelius' men arrive in Caesarea. That's in chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 24. So they arrive. They're in Caesarea. They're all there. Do they know why they're there? Peter and the men that went with him know why they're there. No, they don't know. Anything else happened on day four? 
Huh? Yeah, they had met. Huh? He was expecting them. Anything else? Did the Spirit do anything else on day four? Holy Spirit poured out on Cornelius and company, right? Acts chapter 10, verse 44. So you can kind of see there's one, two, three, there's four red diamond, red triangles there, not diamonds, they're triangles, four red triangles. Those were all the things the Spirit did to orchestrate the Gentiles being brought in the church. And he kind of moved them along all the way through. He had to keep moving them along all the way through in order for the Gentiles to be accepted. So this was, this was a push, a big push on the part of the Spirit, because it was open, it was supposed to be open, but they hadn't opened it. They hadn't even considered it, right? Okay, so now we're at the end of chapter 10. Peter is in Caesarea, and the men that went with him out of Joppa are in Caesarea, so we're about to go into chapter 11. Chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard the Gentiles had also had received the word of God. So what's the possible reaction that the apostles and the brethren had when they heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God? What are the possible options? Peter's a traitor. Peter has gone nuts. Okay, that's one. What's another one? Isn't another option they could have said was finally. Couldn't they have said that? They didn't, but they could have. What else I ask? And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Oh, it's the way, you know, Peter, are you nuts? What's wrong with you? Okay, what has, what's, a, what's a big event that's going to happen in a few chapters? When Paul goes to Antioch, he's teaching Gentiles, and there's a big split. Now, Antioch, just to, to remind everybody, is like the New York City of the old world. It's a mega, mega, megalopolis. Yeah, megalopolis. It's huge, okay? And Paul's been teaching up there for a few years. What issue brings him back down to Jerusalem to make a decision? More. The Jerusalem, the Council of Jerusalem takes place where they say, do we have to bind the law of Moses on brand new Christians, including the Gentiles? That hasn't happened yet. They're not even close to that yet. But, so it was the reaction of the Jewish community. Huh? As expected. Okay. It kind of says where Peter came from in four days. 
In four days, Peter traveled from that mentality to someone who says, we're going to open this up to God. And for Peter, that's a pretty big transition. So what was the makeup of this Jewish community? Not, Not in Jerusalem. Not in Jerusalem. It was the apostles and disciples. But mostly the apostles. Those are the ones that got in Peter's face, as we say it. Are you nuts? We heard about this. Everybody knows what you did. We're trying to build the Lord's church, and you do something like this? Are you nuts? You can hear it. So what two items did the brethren charge Peter with? Yep, you went with them, which is right here. You went with them and you ate with them. In other words, you fellowshiped with them and you ate with them. With the dogs. With those dirty, rotten dogs. How could you do that, Peter? But Peter began speaking and proceeded to explain to them in an orderly sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision an object coming down like a great sheet lowered by four corners from the sky. And it came right down to me. And when I had fixed my gaze on it and was observing it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth and all the wild beasts and all the crawling creatures. Crawling creatures is a big thing. And the birds of the air. You weren't supposed to eat any raptors of any type. And I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. So he starts out with his vision, not Cornelius's vision. Remember that was first, but he's going through an orderly. In other words, he's explaining it in a way that they'll probably accept it. What day did Peter have his vision? It's only been ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Day two. Day two. There you go. He had on day two. How do you think the brethren reacted when Peter stated what the voice told them to do? (sighs) Told you to do what? Eat of that stuff? You know, what would be going through your mind? You've been drinking? Yeah, yeah. You got some moonshine? <laughs> okay. You know, are you sure this was the spirit of God? May have been spirit of Satan. All kinds of things whirring through their heads. But it's like they were they were probably as shocked as Peter. This is so foreign to them. Like I said, the Council of Jerusalem, it's not even close to happening right now. This this mindset is they have instituted Christ's church. But they have brought in all of the law of Moses. Who told Peter to get up, kill, and eat? Hmm? The Spirit did. Right. The Spirit was showing this to him. 
He says, I also heard a voice. That voice was the Spirit of God orchestrating this whole thing. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing unholy or unclean has ever entered my mouth. This is in Acts chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. But a voice from heaven answered a second time, what God has cleansed, no longer considered unholy. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into the sky. So how do you think they reacted when he said no, essentially said no? But it was all the things that were in there were clean and unclean. He had, he had them all together. Well, you, know, you had Deuteronomy. You had other, other law that said, here's, you don't eat. You don't eat spiders, for instance. You, know, you don't eat things that have eight legs. You don't eat, um, it, it has to have a cloven hoof and chew its cud. Okay, because a pig has a cloven hoof, doesn't it? But it doesn't you, it's good. Well, yeah. Well, did Peter get it when he saw the vision? No. He said, okay, it's good to eat food. It's like, was that what the Spirit really was trying to tell him? It is. But, you know, Peter's now able to look at it just like we are with hindsight, okay? Now we understand what the, Peter was talk, what, what the Spirit was talking to Peter about. But at the time, Peter didn't understand. And I suspect the apostles that are listening to this, they probably don't understand either. They're probably not getting it. You think that the brethren have pieced together what the vision Peter had meant? Why or why not? Huh? Yeah. They didn't get it. Why? Yeah, it looks like it's a, a lesson on food, not a lesson on who comes into the church. Who's allowed in, who's not allowed in. What happened on the day of the crucifixion that showed that it was open to everybody? The veil in the temple was rent, ripped open. It was open. When Christ gave his his uh, great commission said, go into all nations. Now, we talked about this before. Uh, you could have interpreted it two ways, and where it depends on where your head is. All nations could have been go in all geographic areas and take those Jews and convert them to Christians, or all nations is all peoples. What Christ meant was all peoples. I think they took it by the geographic definition. And behold, at that moment, three men appeared at the house in which we were staying, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house. So, has Peter answered their two questions? He has, but they didn't get the answer. He, they said, why did you go with him and why did you eat with him? What was, the, what was the lesson about the animals that came down in the sheets? 
they're not unclean anymore. He answered their question, but I don't think they got the answer. Why do you think Peter still had the six men with him who left with him from Joppa to go to Caesarea there with him in Jerusalem? Huh? Yeah. Corroboration. He brought, those guys came down with him from Caesarea. And Caesarea is north of Joppa. So they had to go quite a ways to get back down to Jerusalem. It's about 20 miles north of Joppa is, um, is where Caesarea is. Caesarea is in what I would call Samaria. So he's got to go south to go into Jerusalem from where he's at right now in order to get back there. So these six men stuck with him all the way through the entire situation. And notice it was six. So he took three came and got him, but six went with him. And I'm not sure why they were going, except to say that something's going to happen. Something's got to happen here. The Spirit is pushing things through. And he re- the six? Well, no, the six are six Jews from Joppa that went with Peter that said, we're not going to let Peter go alone. We're going to go with him. We're going to find out what's going on. So Acts chapter 11, verses 13 and 14. And he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying... Send to Joppa and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here. And he will speak to you words by which you will be saved, you and all your household. So whose vision is Peter recounting? Cornelius, okay, day one. Did the Spirit tell Cornelius that Peter would speak the words by which he would be saved? Mm -mm. It's an assumption. Yep. He didn't tell that to Cornelius. That was an assumption. Now, that's where the Spirit was hurting everybody was towards the salvation of the Gentiles. And that's that's the seed that I think Peter's trying to plant is to say, this is all about what the Spirit was guiding us to do. He was guiding Cornelius and he was guiding me for this very outcome. Where did the Peter get it from the idea? I from the idea from. What do you think? Where's where's Peter's perspective that he's working from now? Hindsight. He understands looking back. When he got to Caesarea, he says, I'm not sure why I'm here. But hindsight says, the reason I'm here is to save you. He said, I understand what the Spirit was trying to help me do. So, Acts chapter 11, verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as he did upon us at the beginning. So, what's Peter's interpretation of just beginning to speak? 
Do you remember? He's kind of already gone through kind of a long, here's what happened, here's what God did for us, something like that. So he was, was kind of, I love William, but it's kind of like William when he's just beginning to speak. He's already five minutes into his speech, okay? He's already had quite a bit to say. What beginning is Peter referring to? Right here, when he talks about it. Just as he did us at the beginning. Huh? Day of Pentecost. That's the beginning. Does that refine who Peter's really talking to? He's talking to the apostles. These are the guys who are really in his face at this particular point, are the apostles. That's who he's talking to. And he's saying, remember, remember this Why was the Spirit poured out on the apostles on the day of Pentecost? It was a sign. Who poured it out? The Spirit. The Spirit gave them the ability to talk in tongues, and the Spirit also gave them a recollection of what to say on the day of Pentecost. What did that do? What, was, what did Christ tell Peter that he was giving him? Keys of the kingdom. Use those keys on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit came on those men and said, here's, here's how, you need to talk to him about Christ. You need to talk about all the things that were done, and I'm going to give you the ability to talk to everybody who's here from all over the empire. How is the Spirit being poured out on Cornelius and those with him misinterpreted today? People who say, I can have the Spirit, but I don't have to be baptized. See, Cornelius got the Spirit. What was the point, what was the point behind Cornelius having that, the Spirit poured out on him? Teach Peter. It was a sign that it was open. Just like the apostles, it was a sign the church was open. And the same man who had the keys to the kingdom on the day of Pentecost used the keys again to open it up to the Gentile as well. Oh, Acts chapter 11, verse 16. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had used, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When did Jesus say this to the apostles? Anybody remember? Okay, you say before he was crucified? Probably where we remember the most... It's here in Matthew. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. This is Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. But who said that? It was John. It wasn't Christ. Yeah, that was John. John the Baptist. Not 
the Apostle John. So where did Christ say it? He said it in Acts. Chapter 1. After he returned from being crucified. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for, the, for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, it's actually chapter 2 where we have the day of Pentecost, right? So here's Christ before he's leaving. He's saying, stay here. Spirit's going to be poured out on you. And you're going to be immersed in the spirit. And it'll be shown to you what happens. So that's what Peter is referring to is, remember this? Remember when God told us this? That was the sign the kingdom was open? Same sign. Same sign that we got for us is the sign for the Gentiles. Therefore, in this Zach chapter 11, verse 17, Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us, also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Okay? So you just put the in the end of that one. How convincing is Peter's argument? Pretty compelling. Okay, this is the same, the exact same spirit that gave us the sign, gave us the sign again. So go to the Gentiles. What would be the apostles, what what would be the apostles' brethren be doing if they disagreed with what Peter had said? Yeah, they're rebelling against God. Rebelling against Excuse me, rebelling against the Spirit. Okay? They're fighting. They're not fighting with Peter. They're fighting with God. Did the apostles really ask the question that Peter's been addressing? And this kind of the elephant in the corner? He baptized a bunch of Gentiles, he brought them into the church. Their charge was to say, you went with them and you ate with them. But I'm sure in the back of their mind, it says, and you converted them? Are you nuts? So, what he's answered here is the real question. It wasn't, I went with them. It wasn't, I ate with them. It was, the church, is it open to the Gentiles or not? And that's the question he really answered. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they thought themselves very open-minded to open it up to the Samaritans, right? Well, the Jews were stuck in a mindset still. Yeah, but the Jews were still in a mindset of saying, I got to earn it. I got to follow the rules. 
they didn't understand faith totally. And we run into that problem today, don't we? Who uses a similar argument to Peter? At least this is what I thought. It was a similar argument. You know who came to mind? I always have a problem saying his name. It's Gamaliel. La, la, la. Okay? Gamaliel. And it's interesting. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up at the council and gave orders to pull the men outside for a short time. The men being who? Who are the men? John and Peter. Acts chapter 5. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rode up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined with him, joined up with him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. The days of the census would have been when Christ was born. Right? He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I say to you, Stay away from these men and let them alone. For if, the, for if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But, it is a, but if it is God, you will not be able to overthrow it, or else you may even be found fighting against God. Basically, the same argument that says, if this is of God, you're fighting against God. You're not fighting against men. This is a spiritual battle. This is not a physical battle. So he's, he's, Peter's trying to move the apostles along to say, this is spiritual. This is not physical. And certainly in all the letters Paul writes, he elucidates quite a bit to say, there's neither man nor woman. There's neither a slave nor free. There's neither Greek nor, gent- Greek nor Hebrew. Everybody's the same. Last slide, Acts chapter, eight, uh, chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. How did the apostles react when he concluded his argument? They kind of tried to agree. Uh, They were yelling. If they quieted down, they were really upset. They were probably yelling at Peter. They didn't say, why did you do that? It was, are you crazy? They were yelling at him. They were probably, well, why did you do that? That was probably all of them, just all over him as far as what he did. And they did quiet down some, but they were pretty animated while he was probably going through his discussion. This is one one of Peter's shorter discourses, isn't it? When he did it on the day of Pentecost, it was pretty long. This one's pretty short. How enthused did they seem to be about welcoming the Gentiles? Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, oh, well, okay. I, I guess God's going to let them in. <laughs> I don't think they're too thrilled. You know, they understand it. They understand to be fighting against God. 
But this is, this is a hard, this is a bitter pill for them to swallow because what's the mindset of the Jew in their relationship to God? We're his chosen people. Exclusive. We're special. Are they special anymore? Yeah. Now everybody's special. Now everybody is God's people or can be. But they're having a hard time getting past the point where it was just us, wasn't it? Now it's open to the Gentiles. Okay. God did that. Glorify you, God. Okay. <laughs> so you can kind of see this, the church is growing. The church grew in Jerusalem until the persecution really started. Who was, when, did that, when did that real, real harsh persecution start in Jerusalem? What, what event happened that triggered the jailing and the killing of Christians? The stoning of Peter. That was the turning point. They killed him and they got away with it. At that particular point, they really started persecution in Jerusalem of Christians. So it started to move out. When it started to move out, what was it time to do? Bring in the Gentiles. You can kind of see everything working together for God. Yeah, you can't run out of toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper we were talking about bottled water. It's like, why are you bottled? You, you have a spigot. You turn the water on. Water comes out of it. Why do you need bottled water? I don't know. This is, this is a lesson on what fear does. This is what fear does. People do things that are foolish. Yeah, the power of the news. Yep. Well, questions? Nope. Thank you for your attention. <clears throat>